Well, bless your hearts, it's good to see you come out tonight. I told him he shouldn't be telling me, telling you folks when I'm going to preach, because I was afraid you wouldn't show up, but you surprised me. (laughs) I'm thrilled to have you here and thrilled to have the privilege to preach tonight. And uh, I'll tell you, the Lord's been good to me. The other night, last week, uh, I was in the grumps. <laughs> you ever get there? And I said, I felt so bad about it. I said, I got to do something about this. I said, Lord, forgive me. I'd like to get back where I was when I first surrendered to you and everything was great. And so I said, I want to do the same thing. I'll go anywhere and do anything for you that I can do if you'll just let me know what it is. And uh, I committed myself to the Lord again, making sure that I was available. And then Brother Jameson called me and or asked me if I wanted to preach. And I have never turned him down. <laughs> but uh, I am so excited about being here with you all tonight. I want to share a few thoughts with you before I start because, uh, you know, uh, that song for, uh, in the garden, I was in ACE training in Texas about, oh, 82, 1985 it was. And uh, we had classes and we had headphones on and we weren't allowed to talk or nothing. And I was listening to this program that I'm supposed, supposed to be studying. And it come to the point where it says, the boy run up to the preacher and said, Preacher, I know who Jesus is, but who's Andy? <laughs> I said, and you know, I wasn't, it caught me unsurprised, cause, uh, up by surprise, because I've never heard it before. And he said, Andy, what do you mean? He says, well, we sing, Andy walks with me. Andy talks with me. <laughs> I, and I started laughing, which was a no-no, and I could not stop. And the, the, uh, Fella come over and tapped me on the shoulder and said, you're going to have to go out in the hall until you get under control. <laughs> so I did. Took a while to get under control, but I did. Brother Donnelly went with me. We both went at the same time from our church. And uh, <clears throat> my wife had been selling this formula that's supposed to make you calm. <laughs> Remember that company you worked for? And so I said, here, Steve, take one of these. Because he'd been... (laughs) And I gave him the wrong one. He needed one to keep him awake, and I gave him one to put you to sleep. And we started at 6.30 in the morning, I kid you not. We're down there at school at 6.30, and Steve, (laughs) couldn't you keep his eyes open? So he finally had to stand up. <laughs> and we went back to the motel that night to our room, and I said, you know what, Steve? I gave you the wrong pill. <laughs> he said, something happened because I couldn't hardly handle it. <laughs> okay. I want to share just a couple of light, lighter thoughts with you. What happens when you get older and uh, your teeth don't sleep with you? <laughs> you try to straighten out the wrinkles in your socks and you're, you realize you don't have them on. 
<laughs> At the breakfast table, you hear snap, crack, and pop, and you're not eating cereal. Your back goes out, but you stay home. <laughs> it takes two tries to get up from the couch. With me, it's more than two. <laughs> and... Uh, so uh, I have to learn where to sit. You know, you got to sit in a chair. You can get out of easy. So, and uh, your night of uh, your idea of a night out is sitting on the patio, and when happy hour is a nap. That's that's for sure. <laughs> and uh, when you're on vacation, your energy runs out before your money does. When you step off the curb, I saw brother. Jamison doing this this morning. And you look down one more time to make sure the street is still there. <laughs> I guarantee you, before I step off a curb, I'm going to make sure the street is still there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that it irritates me because I used to be quite active. <laughs> and your memory is shorter and your complaining lasts longer. <laughs> and your address book has most names that start with doctor. <laughs> the pharmacist has become your first, your new best friend. I like this one. Getting lucky means you found your car in the parking lot. <laughs> I can take my wife to Walmart, I swear. I park, I tell her now we're in row three or row six or where we're at. And she'll call me and say, where you at? <laughs> I said, I Come straight out the door and look up the road about three spots. <laughs> okay. It takes twice as long to look half as good. <laughs> and you look for a half, for your glasses for a half hour and you find out they were on your head all the time. <laughs> I suppose everybody here has fit into one of those categories. I'd like to be speaking to you tonight on the word if. If, and we'll look at uh, John 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me. Let's pray. Father, I thank you tonight. I thank you for the blessed privilege to speak again. And I pray you'd help me out because, Lord, I know I can do nothing without you. And I sure don't want to act like it either. I need your help. And I thank you for this. And Pray you be with the folks tonight. Bless them. Help them be able to understand this message. I pray in the lovely name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. In, uh, in verse 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, you know, that's really not an option. The Lord didn't say, If you think you want to or nothing, He said, Keep my commandments. That's actually a, a, a commandment. Okay? And then we're going to go to John 14. Uh, verse 21 through 23. And it says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that is loved by me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself unto him. I always like John 14 in this particular uh, few passages because it talks about the Father being right there with Jesus. And I like that. And verse 22 says, and it says, Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, uh, making sure we know which one. Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? 
That's a logical question because they didn't know have anything like this. And then verse 23 says, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. You remember a couple, last time I spoke, I told you that all three of them are in, in us, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Father. And I said, at that time, I said, mainly because the three are one. Amen? <laughs> and so, but anyway, Jesus says, if you uh, keep my words, and my Father will be happy, and we'll come and make our abode with you. And, uh, you know, a lot of I, a lot of folks say, and, and Judas was asking, how are we going to know that you're here? When he comes inside of you, and when we're walking with him like we should, we have no trouble, because we know that he's there. And we we have the joy of knowing that we belong to him and he belongs to us. Uh, you know, I, I I really was interested one time when I was reading the Lord's Prayer. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. And I think that's wonderful. But in that's in the 23rd Psalm, 24th Psalm says, we are his and the people and the people. Uh, I don't know how it goes. It didn't turn. I forgot to study that one today. He, we are his and he owns us and the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns everything. He don't need anybody, anything, right? You know, sometimes we might think we're pretty rich. <laughs> Not too many of us, but <laughs> we think that occasionally we might have a few extra bucks to spend. And, uh, but you know, the Lord doesn't have to look and see if he has enough money to go out to dinner or anything. He has the money. He has everything. He owns everything. He owns you and he owns me. I mean, you you just can't get away from the fact that once you get saved, you belong to him. He belongs to us and we belong to him. And he's not going to let you go. That's the best part about it, you know. Preacher preached on that this morning and talking about uh, forever. You, you can't get away from God. I mean, we belong to him. And... Uh, uh, even if we would like to, it, it can't be done, and we should never want to. I remember when I was a kid, I was so afraid that I was going to lose my salvation. I was, and I was worse than that, I was afraid he was going to come and I wasn't ready. And I prayed constantly. I mean, I, I, I was in school. That's all I could think about was, is the Lord going to come today? Because my mother would talk about it all the time. And uh, so... I got afraid, and I remember one Friday, and, and this guy prophesied that Jesus was coming that day at 2 o'clock. Well, 2 o'clock come, I was, pray, I was praying, buddy. And he didn't come, and I said, thank you, Lord. <laughs> so, just a little longer, dear Jesus. <laughs> anyway, uh, we find in the verse there that Jesus and the Lord... The Father and the Lord and the Holy Spirit are with us. Yeah. I mean, you can't beat a deal like that when you got them all. Amen. He sent the Holy Spirit to comfort you and to guide you and to teach you. And, you you know, and then he's with us right there, too. And then the Father's with us. Man, that's a gang. They got us. Amen. And we're lucky we have them. So I praise the Lord for that. Well, I want to move uh, move on over to John 15. The whole whole book of John, a lot of talks a lot about love, 
Let me share this with you. There are 56 times in the word of, in John, the, the word love is mentioned, either as a verb or a noun. But nonetheless, that's 56 times. That's a lot. So it must be pretty important. And, uh, the Lord, uh, spends a lot of time telling us to love one another, to love Him and to be obedient to Him. Look with me in John 15, 9 through 11. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in his love. It's great to abide in the love of Jesus. And he abides in the Father's love. And then it says in verse 11, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy may be full, or might be full. You know, I, I, I spent a lot of time, one time, reading First John and, and John about full love. I think that's just wonderful, and full joy. And uh, I wanted to be happy, but I wasn't real happy, and I, I was trying to figure out what was going on. The reason was I was not placing my faith and trust completely in the Lord like I needed to. And uh, one time when I started trusting the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm going to have to take you at your word. I believe everything you say, and I believe you're going to help me. And I, I used to worry about the electric bill and the house payment and stuff like that. I, I don't know why, because I got the same amount of money paid. For Air Force pays the same amount month after month. But uh, sometimes you get concerned, you know. And I, w- I said, Lord, I'm going to quit that. I'm going to turn it over to you. Because I believe you can meet every need I have. Right. And so I'm going to thank you for it and let you have at it. And uh, from that time on, I started to feel better. And I started to trust him and enjoy living for him. Because I believed he was going to take care of everything. And I, and I still feel that today. And I'm glad, too. And uh, just like my wife got some good news tonight, even while we were in church, uh, she had a uh, a doctor that sent her to the hospital to get a CAT scan. And uh, we were worried. I didn't tell her. I thought possibly she might have cancer. That's that's how serious this was. But I didn't say anything to her. I said, we'll just have to trust the Lord. And he called him. He said, I want to let you know I got good news. He said, it's not cancer, or he didn't actually say that. It's not as bad as we thought it was. And so he said, you all can go to Florida and enjoy yourself. That, now, that's pretty good news from your doctor on a Sunday in church, amen? And it's a pretty good doctor to call and tell you that on the weekend, too. So uh, we were happy about that. We'd been praying about it, and he answered that prayer, and I thank the Lord for that. So we're going to look at verse 11. Uh, it says, in 15, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Now we're going down to 12 through 17. This is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. So God has taken the idea of loving him a little further and say, if you love me, you're going to love your brother and sisters in the Lord. You know, one thing that's terrible is when people 
have a grudge and hold hold on to it. You know, sometimes the other person doesn't even know you got a grudge against them, and you're sleep losing sleep and getting sick over it. And so you need to get rid of it. I, one time I had a situation that was pretty dire, and uh, people were pretty well against me. I, I couldn't understand it, man. I was a preacher. People ought to love me. <laughs> and uh, But anyway, things wasn't going just like I thought they should go. And so uh, I turned around and got a grudge against them. I mean, the pastor, that kind of messes up your preaching. So I went a little while and I said, I can't take this. I got to get over this. So one night I went to bed and I said, now, Lord, I want you to forgive them and I want you to forgive me. And I forgive them. And when I got done with that, everything was all right. I had before that, I was sick with worry about how they felt about me. And I'll tell you one thing as a pastor, you can't worry about how people feel about you. And you just kind of got to go with the flow. <laughs> what happens, happens. And so uh, uh, I got over that. And that made me feel so good. And one of the people that uh, had that grudge against me called me up and said, Pastor, I want to tell you I'm sorry. I mean, the same day, I did that at night. And the next day, I'm mowing the yard. One of the things I used to do was hate mowing the yard. It just drove me nuts because it took too long and you go around in circles. So so I finally said, uh, he called me up and he said, I want to tell you, I for, I'm sorry for what I've done. And he said, I hope you'll forgive me. And I said, oh, yeah. He said, I just about died today. And he, taught, he went into the details. And I said, well, I'm sorry it took that. But he said, I'm telling you, it took some things down here to get me straight, too. So we got our hearts right with each other, and it's been good ever since. And I thank God for that. It's better not to worry and fret about how people feel about you. You know, you can't do too much about it. Uh, if they're going to stay mad at you, they're going to stay mad at you. All right. But uh, what I wanted to go on and tell you, I was going to save this for the conclusion, but I'm going to tell you right now. We had a missionary to Mexico by the name of Willard Rowe, and he was from uh, came to Victory Baptist Church to preach. Robert knows who he is, and I think he might have went to uh, Fairview. Or anyway, we're brother. Where we used to go to church together. What was it? Fairview. Clearview. <laughs> I can't hear too good tonight, but it was Clearview, and Willard was there. And I remember the preacher, the message he preached to this day. He covered two topics. He said, "You ought to get rid of your TV." He said, "I went out in the yard the other day and shot mine with a shotgun." <laughs> you remember that, dear? <laughs> and so he said, "There's nothing good on TV." It'll do nothing but treat, teach you bad things and tell you stuff you don't need to know. So I, I, I agree with him there. I don't think we ought to be watching all the TV, TV we do. And uh, it's good to see news once in a while, okay, but not, not all the time. Anyway, he was in this church, and it was a revival, and the preacher was preaching the, the mission. I mean, the evangelist was preaching. And he said, if you got a grudge against somebody, you got to take care of it. You can't let it hang on. 
Well, when he got done, these two women in the church didn't have, didn't like each other. And the next night, uh, the one lady came to the preacher and said, you know, so-and-so and I have had words and have hated each other and can't stand to be around each other. She, he, she said, I want to get that right. I want to have it taken care of. So he says, all right, when the invitation is given tonight, you come forward and I'll talk to you. And then we'll invite the other woman, which was sitting in the choir because the church was full. And we'll ask her to come down and talk to you. And uh, so it happened and the altar call was given and the young lady came forward and talked to the preacher. And the preacher said, okay. And he talked to the one back there. He said, she'd like to talk to you and get something straight between you. She said, I would rather die and go to hell than to get it straight with her. And she died in a minute. That's a fact. Right there in church. She died. So I'm telling you tonight, messing with God and having a grudge ain't worth it. If you're not willing to get it taken care of. And that always stuck in my mind. You remember that, dear? That, it was, I said, man, that was drastic. But God said, you're going to mess around with me. That's wrong. I've told you not to do it. And if you're going to do it, you're going to pay the price. So that woman today is in hell thinking about what she said. No, no, because uh, I, I, the only reason I can say that is because she said I'd rather die and go to hell than to get straight with her. And so I think maybe she died and went to hell. She must not have had her heart right with God. That's all I can say. She must have been putting on a pretense. Well, anyway, let's go on with John fifteen twelve through 17. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, uh, that he lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you and give it you. These things I command you that you love one another. Now, I want to break that down for you a little bit. Looking at verse 12 is the supreme command. This is my commandment that you love one another. That's a supreme command by God, by Jesus. And you and I have no option but to love one another. If we don't, we're going to pay the price. It's our fault. And so we're going to pay the price. And then I want to look at the next one in verse 13, the supreme standard. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You know, that's that's really a, a, a sign of love if you're willing to die for somebody. You know, Jesus died for us because he loved us. God sent him to die for us because he loved us. And he expects us to love one another. I'm telling you here tonight, folks, we don't have any right not to love one another. Then we look in verse uh, 14, the supreme bond. Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. 
I want to I want to be good friends with Jesus. I want to be on good speaking terms with Him. Amen. I don't want to go to heaven and have to hang my head and know that I didn't treat him right. I love the Lord, and I thank Jesus that he loves me. I appreciate it. He says he loves me, and he wants me to love one another and love him. And that's that's the supreme standard, or the bond. And it's conditional if, here it's conditional. The other one wasn't conditional. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you, whatsoever I command you. So, uh, you, you want to be friends with Jesus, you gotta do what he tells you. You gotta do, obey his commands. Alright, and then we're gonna look at verse 15. The words of the Father were made known by the Christ. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. And so the Lord says, anything that, you, that the Father told me, I told you. And then we look in verse 16 and we see the supreme purpose. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask in the Father's in my name, he may give it you. You know, it's... Uh, I, I used to be real afraid to witness and, and pass out tracts. I'll be honest with you. I've had some bad service, bad deals. Our, the church I went to in Virginia, when we were going to, uh, R- and, what, Herb, Herb and Ruby Kersey's church, there, wasn't their church, it was the Lord's church, but we went there with them. He was pastoring. And we went, we on, on a lot of visitation. And, uh, I pulled into this gas station one night. I don't know if the wife was with me that night or not. But I tried to give a man a track to put gas in my car. This is back when they used to service your car. And he took that dude and said, I don't want to shoot it up. <laughs> I thought immediately, Jeremiah said, your words are sweet to my mouth and I do eat them. <laughs> so. Anyway, he he was just nasty. I mean, he was mean. Well, that worried me. It it slowed me down for a while. But I remember that when you're passing out tracks, they're the ones that's in the bad and wrong. If they don't take it and they don't do something about it, and you're trying to do them a favor. And uh, and after that, I it made it a little bit easier. My wife has been really good at passing out tracks, and I appreciate it. a lot of times. I forget to take them with me, which is a no-no. But she's, we'll sit there and say, do you have a track? And she'll say, no, I forgot mine too. And it hurts us to think that because there was ideal time to give somebody a track. One time we was over in Pittsburgh in this restaurant, which happened to be Golden Crown. <laughs> we go there quite a bit. And uh, this black guy was sitting there, and I just felt that we had to tell him about Jesus. And I said, sir, are you saved? He was quite old, quite aged. And he said, I sure do. He said, I've known him all my life. And he said, I used to be a Sunday school teacher. <laughs> and so he got to testifying to us and witnessing to us. We had a great time talking with each other. But it was easy 
But the Lord just made sure I talked to him. And, and so I thank God for that opportunity. And in the course of doing that, we were two tables apart. Other people were hearing all this, you know. So it had to be get on to them too, you know. So uh, you never know what's going to happen from you passing out a track or talking to somebody. Something amazing may happen. It may be that you're talking to another preacher or another missionary or that the Lord may call, you know. He called me, <laughs> and uh, I was uh, I was so, at one time, I was way out of the will of God. It's a wonder that I ever, he ever saw anything in me. But I ended up, uh, one day, got real mad, and I told you this before, and uh, I was working on a car. I used to overhaul cars, and I dropped the head on the gasket, head gasket. Well, you know, it's a worthless head gasket then. Might as well just stop right there. No, I, like a dummy, I put the car back together and started it up and water just rolled out. So I got mad and I swore bad. And the neighbor boys, I'd been trying to get them to go to church with me and they heard me. And they stopped playing and listened. And I asked them to forgive me. And then I immediately stopped on the car and went inside and laid on the bed and said, Lord, forgive me. If you'll forgive me for what I just did, I'll do anything you want. And so he called me to preach. <laughs> so I had that one coming, amen? <laughs> but I earned it. It's how God deals with people in different ways. Uh, there's somebody right now that I would like to see get their life right with God. And uh, we're, we're praying for them. And I'm praying that it works because it hurts to see them not serving God and at one time they used to and uh, so these are relatives young kids grandkids and I hate to see kids give up on serving God and go out into the world get all tattooed up and all that stuff that's sick I mean you, you if you've known God and you worked with God and you served God why did you leave what could made you do that you know but there's there's certain circumstances, and but they happen. We need to pray for people and need to witness to them. Then we see that in there's a supreme purpose, and that is to go. You are chosen. He said, "I have not cho- you have not chosen me." I think about that a lot. You know, God looked for us when we we weren't even looking for Him. That song we sing to Jesus and me, we sing that here often. And all the time he'd been looking for me. Now, you remember, a lot of people say, I found Jesus. No, we didn't. He found us. Because he was never lost and we're lost. And so when we, when he finds us, that's quite an ordeal. And so the supreme purpose for us is to be, know that he chose us and ordained us that we should go and bring forth fruit. And so I appreciate the opportunity to do that. Then we see, see the uh, supreme command repeated in verse 17. These things I command you that you love one another. Now, if it was strong enough for him to say it one time, and he says it two times, you better listen. We had a, a evangelist one time at uh, Victory where we were going in Virginia. And uh, 
uh, he, he preached and he says, you know, if God speaks to you, speaks once, he means it. But if he speaks twice, you better listen. And uh, uh, I think about E.F. Hutton, he ain't got nothing on Jesus. Amen? I'll tell you right now, if God speaks to you and speaks, tells you something, you better listen. And in fact, if we, we'd be a whole lot better if we picked any page in this Bible and obeyed what the Lord would tell us to do. Just do what he says. He's with us. You know, that's the biggest problem. We think we're in this thing by ourselves. I got news for you. You're never alone when you're with Jesus. And uh, so I share these thoughts with you tonight. I pray they might be uh, used to you. And uh, I was thinking about going back to uh, <clears throat> chapter 13 with me, if you will, please. 34 and 35. Chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, and uh, if you have love one to another. It's obvious when you love people, and it's obvious that when you're serving the Lord, people know who you are and what side you're on. I know that we pull out of our driveway twice on Sunday, and once on Wednesday night, and people see that. And all down our road, we've been, we've been associated with everybody on our road. And sometimes, at one time, most of them was going to Lisbon Baptist Temple. Different things have happened and drew them away. But I'll tell you this right now, people know when you're going to church, and they know why you're going, and it has to convict them. It has to bother them. So tonight, keep up the good works. Love one another. Don't get mad with each other. If you get mad with each other, shame on you. But can't hang in there and keep on serving the Lord. These things I command you, that you love one another. God spent a lot of time telling us about love. We need to listen up. Let's have a word of prayer.